Hello, everyone. Thanks for checking into localjobnetwork.com radio. I'm your host, Tim Muma, and you're listening to Job Search Guide, where we look to give you tips and strategies to help you land your next great job. And we do that by enlisting some guest experts. Now, the interview, for example, is often that final step between you and a new position, but it may not be that one-on-one setup anymore, as many of you have come to realize. Instead, you might be in a panel interview. On the phone to give us some pointers is Laura Smith-Prue, She's a multiple award-winning, eight-time certified executive resume writer and a former recruiter as well, so she brings an experienced perspective to us today. Laura, how are you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you on. Uh, A return trip after a while uh, from being on LJN Radio with us once before. Now, I mentioned the, the panel interview. Maybe someone knows what it is, some of the people listening, maybe they don't. Could you maybe describe it for the listeners and, and how you would put a definition on it and really why employers also utilize this format now? Sure. Great questions. You know, a panel interview can be something that's somewhat formal, and yet it can be also a case where you're coming into basically a group interview. You come in and you think sometimes you'll be speaking with one person or they may let you know ahead of time that you're going to interview with a whole team. But one way or the other, you're sitting on one side of the table and there's a whole group on the other side. Mm -hmm. And it can feel a bit daunting, and yet there's reasons to kind of acclimate yourself to what might be happening in the group dynamic. And, you know, looking at how this hiring team interacts is going to be a big plus for you. So it's a great experience, I think, to go through a panel interview. And um, like I said, it can take practically any form. It could be dozens of people. It could just be maybe three or four. Sure. Now, from the job seeker's point of view, what do you see as some of the pros and cons? I mean, you mentioned there might be a little intimidating having all those individuals sort of assessing you, but what do you look at as some of the pros and cons to that? Well, certainly there's that intimidation factor. You know, you're you're feeling as if you're that only person here and, you know, are they doing this to intimidate me? Mm-hmm. Honestly, usually not. They're just <laughs> doing it to see how you interact with the group whether or not there's something that the group is observing about you that's going to make you a great candidate or maybe not quite a fit. The whole point about group interviews and panel interviews is that sometimes they're done just for convenience. Hmm. You know, there's, okay. there's maybe six people that need to interview you, and it's faster if they all sit together for a couple of hours and, and they all ask the questions and then hopefully, you know, conserve your time as well. Right. Well, I just thought of this because you brought that up with six different people interviewing you essentially or or something to that effect. Is that in a way make it more difficult to narrow down that right candidate? Because you'd have to imagine somebody in that group didn't like something. (laughs) Yes, I think that's that's certainly the case is that you're always going to find someone is sort of favoring the candidate. They love them. Somebody else needs to be more convinced. When we did panel interviews, it was more to erase some of that subjectivity from the process. Okay. You know, to see, okay, you love this person, but does everybody think that they can get along with them? Some of these companies have maybe made bad hires in the past, and this time they really want more input. Sure. They're trying to remove that bias someone might have against a you know particular individual. You know, again, you're going to get a good chance to see a cross-section of people at the company, which mm-hmm. is valuable. Yeah, I think that definitely makes a lot of sense, especially from the company's point of view of, as you said, removing that subjectivity and, and rounding out that focus a little bit. 
So obviously, as we've been talking about, you're going to have to address a number of people in this interview. So let's talk about some tips when it comes to communicating with that group. Um, it might be four, might be five, might be six. Again, that number could vary. But what would you say are some ways to be able to make sure all those interviewers are engaged and making sure that they, they are really listening to what you're saying and paying attention to those attributes that you hope come across positively? You know, great question, because a lot of us prepare for an interview thinking we're speaking to someone one-on-one and that we'll have time to make our point, and you just don't envision all these different personalities and, and sort of this different tone to the room. What I recommend is making sure that you're making eye contact with everyone in the room Mm -hmm. so that you're not just looking at one person who's nodding and, you know, they seem as if they're really on board with you. And then later on, all these people are going to get together and compare notes and you don't want someone saying, well, she never looked at me. Right. You know, that's, that's not good. You do want to take notes when you're in an interview because people are going to bring up different points and you're going to want to address them. Take notes, uh, you know, make sure that if someone is raising what could be an objection or something that you need to address and they're sort of saying it in passing, you want to address it with them right then and there, maybe bring it up a little later. It's going to show that you're a great listener. You certainly want to be, again, showing that you can handle this kind of scenario. And it may occur in your work. It's just like a work meeting. Sure. So another way to think about it. How about the practice of using each individual's name when you're addressing them or in some case? Uh, I'm, I'll am i admit I'm pretty bad at that. Even when I'm seeing somebody in the hall, just say hi or something. But I know people who always like, hi, Tim. How's it going, Tim? Always using that first name. Does that have any impact in your mind in these interviews? You know, it could, but I don't encourage you using first names unless you're that kind of person who okay. remembers names. Sure. You're really good at it because this is not the place you want to mess up. Right, right. <laughs> you know, um, most of the time, if you're going to meet with a panel, you should get a heads up ahead of time that you're going to be meeting with, you know, this team and this particular person. And you may have a list of names ahead of time, which is helpful. Mm-hmm. But if you're not entirely sure that you have them right, you know, that's not really what they're focusing on. Right. You really want to play more to your strength. If your strength is is reiterating why you're a great candidate, by all means, run with that. Don't worry about whether or not you're using the correct name. And keep in mind, too, that even if you do get a list of people who are going to be in that interview, well, you get in there and, oh, Bob wasn't in today, so Jeff's <laughs> going to sub for him. Sure. So you don't know what can be thrown at you. Right. No, that's a very good point. That's a very good point. I know that has happened uh, a few times when I've been around the block. How about, you know, you mentioned, of course, you want to make eye contact and address everyone as much as you can, but are there times where you should be really speaking to someone or a couple of people, or might there be scenarios where you are focusing your attention a little bit more on a couple of individuals? You know, it can make sense to be speaking directly to the person who's going to have approval for hiring you, the Mm -hmm. person that you would report to, because you certainly do want to win that person over. And if you're not developing rapport with that particular boss or supervisor, you may struggle in the hiring process. But keep in mind that sometimes their boss is sitting in this interview (laughs) as well, and you need to work, (laughs) you're going to need to to work with and, again, make an impression on that person. So if you have to pick somebody, that's great. Coworkers sometimes come into a panel. They're going to have some say in hiring you, but it depends on the organization and the dynamics, and you almost have to feel out the situation. Now, you mentioned earlier how it might be easy to be speaking to that person who seems to be engaged and nodding and agreeing with you and smiling. 
Is there a, a benefit to a strategy of maybe picking out someone who isn't so agreeable and they're sort of still trying to be won over to, to focus a little attention that way? Or does that seem a little off-putting? What would be your take? I absolutely agree that you do not want to just be focusing on the person who looks like they want to hire you right now because you've probably won that person over already. Mm -hmm. You want to look a little bit more and direct your answers to the person who's frowning, the person who's <laughs> looking a little stern, you know, that, and sometimes that's the person everyone turns around and looks at when right. they're speaking so you can tell that they have some sway. That's the person that you probably need to win over and influence. and. Um, you know, that person may have the final say unless there's some other dynamic going on. You have to realize that this is a team that works together every day for many hours, and there could be some some type of personality and cultural dynamic going on you're not even aware of. And so if you're getting an impression from someone, it's not necessarily about you. It might be because of their relationship to each other. And so sort of observe the kind of culture going on in the room and, um, you know, develop a thick skin, realize that sometimes if they seem like they're not receptive, it might not be about you. It mm -hmm. might be more about what's going on internally with them. Sure. I think that's a, a, a very interesting point to bring up that it's so much, uh, to your point, you kind of make everything about you when you're in that room, but that might not be the case. So, uh, uh, as you've mentioned a few times, just, you know, lay out what makes you good and what makes you a fit for that organization. I think that's the best route. Now, when it comes to answering questions, what would be some tips you could offer up in this case? Because, of course, when you're one-on-one -on -one or even just a couple people you're talking to, it's very easy for everyone to sort of soak in that information. Uh, but now you're talking about those different personalities, different you know, ways of listening that, that might occur. Is there any way you can, again, ensure that you're getting your message across when you're dealing with so many different people? Depending on the context of the interview, there might be things that you're asked to illustrate. You may actually have a whiteboard behind you. Okay. Some people elect to even bring in a presentation. Really depends upon how formal things are. But you do want to make sure that you're not, again, just because one person is asking a question, directing the answer only to them. Right. Look at the different people on the panel, making sure that you're sort of getting this feel of everybody else in the room and what they might be thinking. The other thing I recommend is that there's a perspective of different people in the room. If the boss asks you a question, that's one thing. But if your prospective colleague asks a question, the boss is listening to see what you're going to say. Mm -hmm. You know, here's, here's Larry, and he asks you, you know, what what would you do if this or that was going on in a project, but his boss, Karen, is there, and you can say, well, Larry, when we work together, this is what I would expect that we would communicate with each other, and we would need to find the best way to convey that to Karen. You know, you're addressing the needs of the different people in the room. Well, I appreciate that example. Of course, uh, you know, we talk in theories a lot here, and I think that really pinpoints how you adjust a little bit to how you speak to the different individuals in the room. So again, our listeners always appreciate those uh, sort of solid, tangible items they can pull away from here. Another thing that you had mentioned in an article that you wrote dealing with this subject was that you should probably be ready for at least one quote-unquote zinger of a question. Now, what do you mean by that, and why do you think that's bound to happen more so in a panel interview? Yeah, to me, those zinger questions are the ones that make you squirm, <laughs> <laughs> the ones that you really wish nobody was bringing up or that you feel, oh, gosh, I'm not really sure how to explain that. You know, the, why did you leave your last job? Right. You know, or your job seemed pretty short. What's up with that? <laughs> you know, what makes you think you're going to stay here? How do we know you'll be happy here? People do this in panel interviews. It's almost somewhat comical, 
because they're more brave. They're sure. brave because, hey, I want to show up my colleague here, or I want to show the boss that I can be tough and I'm really serious. You know, again, it really doesn't have as much to do with you as it has to do with them. And you do want to be prepared for those questions. Mm -hmm. You do want to be prepared for somebody to try to nail you on something you've done or not done. Honestly, I recommend making a list of the worst things you could be asked. You know, the ones that are going to give you that sinking pit in your stomach and you have the sense of dread. Get answers ready. You know, if you dread being asked why you're leaving your job, get ready with an explanation because you can plan on somebody throwing that one at you in a panel interview. Sure. You know, why do you not like what's going on at XYZ company where you're employed? You want to have your I'm seeking a challenge with a company that's as engaged in cloud technologies as you are here. You want to turn this to why am I here Mm -hmm. and not simply a defensive posture. Again, wonderful uh, specific example there for our listeners to, to take from. And um, yeah, that, uh, those would be tough ones to answer. As you said, if you can be prepared, you'll be a step ahead of everybody else. All right, let's move forward a little bit. The interview's over. What are some important things to remember that might be a little different or the same from when it comes to a panel interview? You certainly want to ask for business cards, especially if they don't offer them to you. That's going to help you remember who you spoke with, what that person looked like, right. perhaps what they said and what kind of you know, approach that they had. You will need those for thank you notes, and you will need to send thank you notes to every member of that panel. So you'll want to find out who that that panel was. If you don't recall the name, stop on the way out and say to the receptionist, you know, I'd love to get the names of these people so that I can send them some notes and thank them for their time. Could I find out, uh, you know, how to spell their name? You can make something up a little bit so that you you don't have to say, I don't recall everybody I spoke with. Mm -hmm. But getting thank you notes out quickly. Um, You can email them. You want to, if possible, in those thank you notes, address something that came up from those different individuals, if you can recall it. Sure. So use your notes. Jot down some more notes as soon as you get out of the interview. Sit in your car, write them down. Sit in your car, write down some of the particular points that you want to make to Joe, who kept asking you why, you know, why are you leaving ABC Company or you know, what have you learned from your past mistakes? You want to really address those as much as possible because thank you notes aren't just about saying thank you. Mm -hmm. They're about saying, this is why I believe I'm the right person for this role and following up and reiterating that message. Well, we've gone over a number of, uh, you know, tips and strategies and, and maybe a little bit of information just really to prepare for something like this. What would you say is the most common mistake that candidates make when it comes to these panel interviews? You know, I think probably the most common mistake is the whole feeling nervous, looking looking it, looking like that deer in the headlights. Sure. You know, you want to think about this a little differently. What are you going to do when this is your team, you're participating mm. in a meeting? Because that's all this really is, is a meeting. It isn't about being grilled. It's about getting to know them, getting, you know, helping them know you bringing your best positive attitude and developing some rapport and not seeing this as off-putting because, again, it may be just a time convenience for them. Right. But people like to hire someone who can put themselves in a new situation, face up to everyone, give honest answers, get that rapport going. They want to be able to see themselves working with you and you want to remember to smile. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's, it's not a firing squad. Well, again, we do appreciate you coming on talking about this topic. I do think it's uh, it's always good to refresh ourselves a little bit on the tips or hear them for the first time. 
As we wrap up here, what final message would you like to give out to the listeners that maybe they could take away from our conversation and, again, discussing the idea of panel interviews? Sure. If you find yourself in a panel interview, remember that you pretty much have the job at that point because they don't dedicate all the time of these people in the company to talk to you unless they're taking you seriously as a candidate. So smile, relax a bit, realize you're on your way. You know, the job's almost yours to lose at that point. You want to project that professionalism, that honesty, an upbeat attitude, you know, picture yourself working with these people and give them back a good set of questions that show that you're paying attention because you're there to learn about them just as much as they're there to learn about you. Well, with that advice, uh, that you're pretty much uh, on your way, hopefully people have a lot of confidence going to those panel interviews. And I completely agree with you. We talk about it all the time with our webinars. Make sure you have questions for them afterwards. That's uh, that's a big thing we always talk about here as well. Unfortunately, we are going to have to wrap things up here on Job Search Guide and our peek into panel interviews, what you should be prepared for, should it be the last thing standing in the way of your next great job. We've been talking with a former recruiter, Laura Smith-Prue. She's also a multiple award-winning and eight-time certified executive resume writer. Laura, where can people find out more about your work if they're interested? They can visit my website, anexpertresume.com. So it's anexpertresume.com. All right, perfect. Thanks again for coming on the show and talking with us today. Yes, thank you for having me. And as always, we'd like to hear the ideas of you, the listener, as well. So go ahead and send us an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com if you have any comments or suggestions for any of our podcasts. You can also find us on Twitter, at the LJN. We'd love to hear from you there as well. Once again, for everyone here at the Local Job Network, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody.